Welcome to the His Light and Life podcast with your host, Mark, who will be your guide to enhance, deepen, and enrich your Christian life. To turn your focus away from just getting by to walking with God in His light and life. Welcome back to His Light and Life. We're still picking up on the idea of, um, of the communication. We were still talking about the simple analogy of the man in the boat. And that um, the, we did part one on that there would be, have to be some form of communication. Obviously, in this analogy, the fish world would never understand what the man in a boat, what he represented, uh, what he wanted. And certainly communication would be essential to that. Like most areas of life, communication is the basis. It's the, you know, two people meet and first thing that has to happen is uh, they have to say something to each other or they're just going to stare awkwardly. So in this analogy that we're working off of, the man in the boat is God um, and the fish would be just basically humanity. But how would the fish, even though he escaped and he'd go back and he could tell his amazing story of being caught by this being and translated or transmitted up or but even even if somebody i mean most of the other fish we know are going to think he's crazy but even if one of them said you know or well you know what i'm, I'm willing to li- listen a little bit more the first thing that's going to come up is you're going to have this question is uh well did he say anything like what did he want well you know what you were there you saw him i mean you could describe him sort of i guess but what did he want like and unless there was some form of communication from the man in the boat to that fish that would that would be that would be the end of the conversation and we we touched on some of these things last time particularly laying a foundation of the old covenant where you have Moses up on the mountain, and for the first real time, we had God speaking to people individually. And we, we know God spoke to Adam individually. We know that um, Enoch walked with God, and he was not for God took him. And I don't think they just walked around the park. They, 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 there was a communication. There was a revelation of some, but on a personal level. And we see that where God spoke to Abram. And we, we can follow that all through the, the early patriarchs basically essentially the period of time before God gave the law to Moses and uh, we see God speaking to Moses first individually and then there was the corporate communication from God to the children of Israel and that came in the form of the law we simply know it as the Ten Commandments but obviously it covered every aspect of their lives Uh, it was essentially taking them who had been no people, who had been servants and slaves, and given them a sense of community, given them a sense of civil, uh, basically making them into a civilization, um, a nation. And uh, most of what they heard in that commandment had never they'd never heard anything like it before. It was all it was all first time for them. And it's as we established before, it would be it would be a communication from God in the form of the law, a social structure that would have been clearly rejected by all the nations around them. Um, so we've established that, 
And that's important, but you, here's the part that you have to understand, that Abraham was given a promise that he would have descendants like the sand of the sea, which we have established as the children of Israel, the nations, the 12 tribes, and that he would have descendants like the stars of the sky. Now, one is an earthly lineage, an earthly descendancy, and one is a spiritual one. One is a natural, one is a supernatural. One had a temple in the Middle East, one is a temple that fills the whole world. And just like, the, so you have to be careful at this point where you do not, you have to realize when you're reading the Bible that we are not the children of Israel. You have to be careful there's two covenants that God made. Well, there's more than two, but the two covenants with peoples. There's individual covenants, and we see those, but there's covenant with pe covenants with peoples, and the two peoples that God covenanted with were Abraham's descendants, the sand of the sea, and Abraham's descendants, the stars of the sky. But I really want to emphasize this. Because we pick the Bible up and it's, you know, it's an Old Testament and a New Testament and we take them and we blur the two together. We blur the two together. Uh, let me give you an, and what happens is you pull something from here and you pull something from here and you put them together and you create something that they weren't intended to say. Let me give you a simple analogy of what that, what I mean by that. And it's just a, and it, if you had, you know, a father had two children, two sons, let's say, or two daughters, doesn't matter, and he left them in the, and he left a will, and in the will, he left certain things to one, and he left certain things to the other. So that means he's made a legally binding agreement, a compact, a covenant. You know, we use the term last will and testament. That's where that that's where that change came, and I wish it, they hadn't changed it. I wish it was known as the old and the old covenant and the new covenant, because that's how I think of them. But by changing it to testament, it still says the same same thing. It's just a modern, a little more modern word for it. But they are the last will and they are the will and testaments. That's what they are, and they're two covenants. They're two covenants. And those covenants are to specific people, and there's specific conditions, and there's specific rewards, there's specific things that involve one that do not involve the other, and they involve one and don't. The same way two daughters at the, you know, the lawyer's reading the covenant, and the, the, the father's died, and to his one daughter he leaves this, and to his other daughter he leaves that. Now it was up to the father who he left what to. And he made a determination on who, what he would leave to which daughter. And that's what we see in the Bible. Abraham, Abraham had two lineages, two bloodlines that came from him. A natural bloodline and a spiritual bloodline. Now, today we're talking about the communication. We're going to touch on the incarnation, which is vital because the spiritual bloodline of the new covenant comes from the old covenant. Right? 
you trace Jesus's lineage back, and you're going to end up in, you're going to end up in Judah. So the the his lineage goes. There's twelve tribes, and those twelve tribes were named after twelve sons. They were the twelve sons of Jacob. One of those sons was Judah. And Judah was on the eastern side facing the tabernacle in the wilderness. We're going to get into all that stuff. This is very important. But Jesus' lineage, he goes back to the tribe of Judah. Now, I want, I want to say something here because this is a point of confusion for people. The Jews, unlike people, unlike other nations, it's not uncommon um, for them to refer to their tribe they're from or to one of the 12 Descent, uh, children of Jacob in the form of their name that's how that's how real it was to them we see that in in the gospels where there's in in Mark and Luke I believe it was Mark and Luke they were Jesus says Matthew come follow me Matthew come follow me but if you read the gospel of Matthew it says in there Le Jesus said Levi come follow me well, Matthew was from the tribe of Levi. It was very common. So in, in, their, in their thinking, there's no difference. What I mean by that is when Jesus was growing up, uh, and not just Jesus, any, any of the children of Israel, in, as in the, in, in anywhere, it would be not uncommon at all for them to be called the name of the tribe they're from. That's not uncommon at all. So someone, you know, um, you know, you know, a parent talking to their neighbor, hey, Reuben, come here. His name wasn't Reuben, but he was from the tribe of Reuben. It's a very, very, very close connection to that. It's a very close connection to that. So when we're talking about the two bloodlines, it's important that the one comes out of the old, like the one grows out of the old. You have a branch coming off. You have branch a branch that comes off a trunk. Well, it's connected to the same tree, but it's different. And so the new covenant people, the, the, the stars of the sky, they come out of the old covenant people. And the way they come out of that is through the tribe of Judah. Okay? That's important. But I want you to see for this, for the simplicity of this, before I get too... <laughs> I get too I get too deep in the. I don't want to, you know, I want it to be easily understood because the point that we're making is very, very simple and very specific. And that is simply this. You have to, you have to be very careful that you do not confuse the old covenant with the new covenant. The old covenant was an agreement, a compact, a relationship that God had with one nation of people. And unless you were born of one of the 12 tribes of Israel, uh, that covenant doesn't have anything to do with you. It wasn't a salvation covenant. It was an earthly blessing covenant. And it is completely different than the covenant that we have with the Father God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? Their covenant was based and founded in a in a in the blood of animals ours is based and founded in the blood of the lord jesus christ so i just wanted to say that by way of an introduction when we get to some of these things as far as it relates to the incarnation 
it's important that we're clear on a couple of these things. And um, so back to the communication, the man in the boat, I want to say that when you think about, you know, we live in a time right now when everyone is very, very excited about, you know, the second coming of Jesus. I mean, let's face it, there's tumultual events happening all over the world. I, you know, the Christians are going to have two responses to that. Generally, there'll be those who will be, you know, right off the deep end. He's coming back in 15 minutes, and there'll be those that, well, you know what, it'll be the same as it's always been. And there's some people, and I, I've seen it in their faces. I, you know, I'm an observer, and there's there's no doubt that events are happening around the world that, um, for the lack of a better term, appear to be setting up for something. You can't uh, you can't deny that. But what I want to do in this uh, today is where, you know, it's one of those things where you could be so excited about the second coming of Jesus that you never really entered into the fullness of the first coming of Jesus. So in our emphasis in this podcast is living the victorious Christian life, which in a, you know, in the simplest terms that I could say it would be to live in purity in thought, purpose, and deed behind closed doors. Who you are when nobody is around is who you are in God, okay? Um, and that's what we're dealing with right now because that is the foundation point of the victory that we that Jesus has purchased for us. It's a purity of heart. It's a purity of thought. It's a purity of behavior when nobody's around. That's who you really are. But we can be excited, you know, we can get too excited about the about the second coming of Jesus and we really don't fully understand the impact of the first coming of Jesus. There's no doubt Ezekiel 38.4 uh, talks about this hour and is have God having hooks in the jaws of the nations. You can see that. Events are happening right now on a global scale. They always been wars. There's always been struggles. There's always been dictators. There's always been events like that. But like nothing I've ever seen, they're happening at, happening at an unprecedented rate. This is a time when you can't get away with anything. Common grace is lifting. Let me explain what I mean by common grace lifting. Um, there was a there was a, a bumper sticker I saw years and years ago. It said, "You know, warning in case of rapture, this vehicle will be unmanned." One of the things we don't understand about God is He's merciful. He is always merciful. Um, his intention was never to rapture all of his children off this planet and just, you know, absolute destruction and chaos. And we see a time right now when, like never before, when the world's alerted to something happening. Um, and that's God's mercy because, um, you know, I know the time we're in right now, and you know, international travel's been limited. There's all, you know, it's a it's a very different time in that aspect. And as we move forward into these things, as everything has gone online and social media, that's um, let's just say that when the church is raptured, there'll be far less destruction here, far less destruction here. But what we also want to understand is what I mean by common grace is, you know, the Bible says that sin co- or, uh, the love covers a multitude of sins. And that's true. Uh, I know, speaking of myself, and I can probably uh, every single person that's hearing this podcast can say there's a whole bunch of things in their life they're certainly glad that not everybody found out about. 
And it's God's grace for that. But Jesus spoke about a time when that which is done in secret will be screamed from the mountaintops, screamed from the rooftops, won't be hidden. And we're heading into that time. Um, and what the result of it is common grace is lifting. And I want you to think about common grace this way. We've laid a foundation about the law of sin and death, and it's just the, the evil in the world that's here. And um, like a dam holding back water or, you know, um, you know, a wall holding back a wind or something like that, a barrier, the law of sin and death, which is just absolutely, you know, poised at the door to destroy everything, is being held back. And it's being held back by the presence of God, the presence of God's grace, the, the presence of his his power, just him being in the room in the same way that light in a room holds the darkness back. The darkness is there, but it's being held back. The light is pushing back as an analogy against that darkness. You know, you think of somebody with a, with a you know, in a huge auditorium, it's pitch black and they light a lighter and, and the, the, all of the darkness in that big auditorium can't extinguish that lighter. But the second that lighter's turned off, boom, darkness is back. And the darkness that we're talking about here is the law of sin and death. And it is just, if you think of it like a pressure, like a force that's pushing, it is being limited like a governor. Anyone ever seen like a, like a dimmer switch on a light bulb on a, on a, in a room? It's being held back. That, so God, by common grace lifting, I want you to just picture as a simple analogy, just turning that dimmer switch down. And the, the, what's being dimmed or what's being dialed down is God's grace. We're in the age of grace. This is a period of grace. It's a specific epoch of time that God foreordained, predestined before the foundations of the world in which he would harvest the stars of the sky. This is the harvest time of the stars of the sky. The children of Israel became a nation, and the stars of the sky are becoming a nation. God is filling to full the body of Christ. He's putting, we're living, they had a physical temple made out of uh, carved stone. We are a spiritual temple made out of living stones. Okay? But it's not willy nilly. The stones that were put in Solomon's temple, they were specific. And the stones that are coming, the living stones into the body of Christ are specific. Your body is put together specifically. There's an order there. You think of all of the animal creation. There's an order there. And we are the body of Christ, and there's an order there. It says that we, do you not know that ye are the body of Christ and members in particular so we are living stones, particular. And when this, the culmination of the ages, when the full temple, the full live, spiritual temple is put together, it will be complete. And God in his, in his wisdom, in his power, in his glory, and I mean, give me 50 more words like that, is holding back and has held back for 2,000 years, common grace, has been holding back that law of sin and death. And we're at the time now 
like never before. You've seen it lift in pockets, and there's been events that have happened, and then it kind of returns to a normalcy. And then it, then there's another event. World, we've had world wars. We've had, you know, we've had all kinds of disasters. But they all they they they're there, and then they seem to everything seems to go back to a normalcy. And then they're there again, and then it goes back to a normalcy. Um, myself and the people that I know don't feel that this time can return to a normalcy that we've gone through that we've gone through a window we've gone through a certain door we've gone in we've entered into something and all that is 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 that 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 with the dimmer switch with god lifting grace it's really happening now okay and you can't get away with anything right now you can't get away with anything right now I mean, if you look at the if you look at the political corruption, if you look at business corruptions, if you look at people in power that have been, you know, behaving in a certain way for years and years and years, and everyone knew about it, but nothing happened about it. I mean, it is you wake up tomorrow morning and you're on the news, and that's the result of common grace lifting. That by his by you know, I'm going to use the analogy. It's it's more complex than this, but by grace, it's almost like his presence, his light, his love. And that love, that grace, that presence has been covering a multitude of sins, those sins of the saved and the unsaved alike. And it's lifting. And what is really there is being exposed. That darkness has been pushing against God's grace, pushing against that light that is just, just waiting. As that light gets dimmer, the room gets dimmer, things are becoming more and more tumultuous. Okay, so uh, I'm going to leave it there for this is going to be a, I, I thought this was going to be a, a, a shorter part of the community. We're still on the communication of God, the man in the boat. But I think I felt I had to um, clarify a couple of things as far, particularly in the distinctiveness between the Old Testament and the New Testament, the old covenant and the new covenant, God communicating and the communication of the old covenant was God primary through the prophet or through the the lawgiver Moses in the form of the law and that law was their foundation for them to become a civilized nation on the earth the children of Israel or the children of Israel that is the that is the path that they had the stars of the sky the children of God our communication came in a much different way okay and we find that communication primarily through the Apostle Paul okay and we're gonna get into that okay I want to thank you for joining me on his light in life and um, I appreciate the time you've spent and we will pick this up next time thank you thank you for listening to his light and life do you have questions or want to speak with Mark please reach out using the email in the description we'll see you next time on his light and life